You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 62 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Figured out something funny to do for episode 67. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of the listeners are going to get for the draft. I mean, I think they get what we're oh, going to yeah. do being two Red Wing fans. I mean, that kind of spoiled it right there, but be better call. Oh well. No yeah, big we deal. Had, hey, big one though, Detroit native. I mean, Detroit area team guest, Josh Bloom. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Josh Bloom going to join us in the in segment two, middle of the show, best part of the show. Uh, we cr- recorded that a couple of weeks ago, so uh, he'll be joining us in the second segment but yeah this is the second 62nd installment of the own 60 podcast quite a bit to get to uh today we'll start with a uh, with a few headlines we'll kind of discuss that for the first segment of the show we'll get to uh mark savard being the new head coach of the windsor spitfires hey. um nice as well as the guelph storm and the air centennials having a new affiliation agreement in place it was a matter of time for air matter of time yeah, you're pumped about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, there, Centennials. And then, uh, then of course, the OHL announced additional health and safety protocols uh, for the upcoming season. That will be a part of the discussion uh, in segment one. But before we get to that stuff, oh, and I should mention, too, as well, we're going to look at players to watch in the Midwest. That'll come up uh, in segment three along with the uh, name bracket. So it'll be a good yeah, show. Some upsets this week, too. Very, well, yeah. one upset. All right. One upset. One upset. Yeah, one, one's enough. Yeah. Like March Madness. It's like March Madness that, like, not the 16th, not the 16th or the one. It's like when the 13th seed wins, like the Iola of Chicago wins. Yeah. It's like, what just happened? Or when Ohio State loses in round one. Good times. I can't, I can't believe I brought that up. Good times. I love that. Bad times. I cannot believe I just brought that up because I just talked myself into that one. Didn't bother me. Nine days till football season, though. Go Bucks. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> I've been dropping charges. <laughs> Had to plug my phone Brutal. in my laptop. Uh, before we get to all that, though, a uh, bit of sad news. Um, out in Western Canada, three junior hockey players uh, passed away after a, a, a car accident. Uh, those three men are Caleb Reimer. Uh, Parker Magnuson and uh, and Ronan Sharma, uh, 16, 17, and uh, and 16 years old, respectively, um, killed in a car crash early uh, Saturday morning in BC. And uh, Reimer, of course, being a first round pick of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, that wasn't really a good story uh, to see come across my phone. Yeah, it's never fun to see those types of things. And, uh, yes, deepest condolences to the families of those affected uh, on behalf of us. It's very sad to see. And also to the Hayes family as well, Jimmy Hayes. Yeah. Um, condolences to them as well. I mean, missing curfew, a fellow hockey podcast, NHL podcast. I mean, they lost a brother. So that's it's tough to see. And, uh, yeah, condolences to them. And it's very unfortunate. Yeah, well, yeah. It's never something you want to say. Jimmy Hayes, and I just I, I saw that I saw that quote today, 
uh, by his brother. Um, mm-hmm. Cabin Hayes from Kevin. the Flyers. Yeah, it was just – I'm like, holy crap. Like, Yeah, it's sad. It really touches home, right? Because, like, you think about it, like, Reese, we both been in dressing rooms and stuff, and, like, when you have a teammate and stuff, and, I mean, this is talking as a teammate point of view, when you have a teammate and stuff, it touches home. It's like a brother. And it's uh, very unfortunate to see that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, deepest condolences. Yeah. No, and I, re- I really enjoyed the picture um, uh, for the three young men out in BC. Uh, there was a memorial displayed mm-hmm. at uh, Planet Ice Hockey Rinks uh, in Delta, BC uh, on Sunday after after the car crash. So that was cool to see number 12, number 40, and, uh, and number 18 in uh, green and white. So. Yeah. Nice and, to see the support from, from everywhere. And I really do mean everywhere. The, uh, of course, the NHL putting something out, the WHL and Terry hockey league. It's yeah. It's nice to see that everyone, everyone was able to get involved and kind of, uh, you know, send all their condolences and put something out there. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Unfortunate. All right. Uh, on to the first topic at hand in the Ontario Hockey League. Mark Savard, the uh, newest head coach of the Windsor Spitfires. Of course, this is the most recent headline that we're going to get to. Uh, as it was just announced on uh, on Tuesday, as we're recording this a day late. Uh, baseball took precedence on Monday night, which it's still baseball yeah. season, so that's okay. Uh, but yeah, Mark Savard, new head coach of the Windsor Spitfires. And maybe it's a blessing that we're recording tonight that we get to, we get to chat about this. Yeah. The Peterborough native uh, is going to be with uh, the Windsor Spitfires. Now the newest bench boss. And, you know, we look at some of the coaches they have had and Bob Bugner, Rocky Thompson, and another great guy here, Mark Savard. Yeah. Savard's got that winning pedigree, right? With Boston Bruins. It's cool too winning a Stanley Cup with the Bruins. I mean, he's won before. He's a winner in, back in junior, too, with the Oshawa Generals, a lead goal scorer for the Generals. I look, I'm looking at Hockey DB right now. His points in the 1997 uh, playoff Memorial Cup. So in 18 games, 37 points in 18 games in the 1997 uh, playoff run. The year before we were born, but pretty cool, 97. Uh, yeah. 37 points in 18 games. High point guy. He was always a good veteran guy, too, as well. I mean, He's a really good player for the Boston Bruins in the NHL. He's going to bring that winning pedigree to Windsor, which Windsor needs. And another thing I like about this is, and I like how the OHL is really transitioning to this well with these young coaches and the young coaches are coming into the OHL with a really good, with good systems. And the players are buying into the system because they can relate better. Right. They did like Savard. He played in the NHL his last season. The NHL was 2010, 2011. I mean, yeah, 10 years. Right. But, it's still nice to uh, it's still nice to have that like recent play, right? Only being forty four years old as well, to where you get the young style, you know where the NHL is transitioning to, and you want to get your players to the next level. We just had Pasquale Zito on the show last week, Windsor Spitfire, and guys like that are going to improve so much with a younger coach that get this that get the next level system, and it's going to help them develop yeah. tremendously at the next level. Yeah, Mark Savard, two-time winner of the Eddie Powers Memorial Trophy is the OHL's top scorer. And, yeah, Colin, you mentioned it. Uh, drafted in 1995 NHL entry draft by the New York Rangers. Uh, played 14 seasons, over 800 games, 700 points uh, with four teams. 
Yeah, just kind of a quote here uh, from Mark in this article on uh, OntarioHockeyLeague.com. Mark says, it feels amazing. I've been waiting for this opportunity. This process has been first class all the way with Bill and ownership. I want to be a head coach and earn my craft. I want to be here for a while and learn a lot. I can't wait to get started. And that's the beauty about the OHL. When you get to the OHL, is such a development league and everyone thinks, oh, the players, right? The players stick out to my, but when you look at the coaches and you look at the scouts and you look at the media, it's, it's a proving ground. It's a start for everybody league wide. And it's so cool to see a survivor mention that. I really like that quote as well. When I saw that this afternoon, I was like, that's pretty, that's nice to hear, right? Cause it's not yeah. just, it's nice to see where guys aren't thinking, okay, I gotta go to the AHL to start, right? You just think the OHL is an understatement, but it really isn't. It's, a, it's really good hockey. And I mean, that's why we do what we do here. We love the league. So it's pretty cool to see how he respects the game. He respects the league. He respects the process, the grind to get to that next level. And I think Savard really, he really gets that traction there in Windsor where now you can really get developing now four or five years. They've yeah. had that winter, but they haven't had that consistency of it, right? So now you're really going to get consistent development. It reminds me a lot of Sarnia when they got David Lagman in there. Where Lagwan is such an underrated developer, right? In his 40s, like how Savard is. Comes in, he really develops. I mean, Jacob Perot under his system has been through the roof. Jameson Reese is another one. And like I mentioned, Pasquale Zito, a six-round pick from the National Hockey League. Those guys are going to excel so much, those late-round picks under Savard. Yeah. I agree 100%. And it's going to be on all of the Spitfires coaching staff, not just Mark, of course, Mark in charge, but exactly. uh, there's a couple of guys. They also named who the assistants will be. Uh, First one, Jared Smith, who has spent the last 10 seasons uh, with the Windsor Spitfires with the Windsor Spitfires. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He he only played one season in the O with the uh, Toronto St. Michael's majors in the Oh one Oh two season. He's He's also played. Sorry to cut you off, but he's a lot like how Joey Hishin was. Obviously, Hishin was a veteran guy being with the Owen Sun Attack, now the assistant coach. He's a guy that has been around the OHL for a while, right? He's played a long time in the OHL. He's played some East Coast time, played some AHL time. That reminds me a lot of what Smith is like, a veteran OHL guy that uh, can really develop those players as he's been there before. Yeah, he's also promoted to being uh, the director of player personnel with the Windsor Spitfires as well, so... Um, started as a video coach uh, for two seasons and then of course promoted to assistant <laughs> and yeah. he's been there uh, since uh, or been there for five seasons uh, 2013 to 18 as an assistant coach and then promoted to associate coach uh, after that um, one more guy uh, joining the staff as well Andy Delmore who comes from the Toledo walleye and the LaSalle, Ontario natives were going local there. Going home. Uh, with that choice, he played 283 games in the National Hockey League, as well as playing in the AHL, as well as overseas. Uh, he played in the Ontario Hockey League for the North Bay Centennials and the Sarnia nice. Sting. Uh, undrafted, by the way. Anyone out there I love that. who wasn't drafted, he wasn't drafted at all. Um, I love that. I love draft your... Yeah. Yeah, his draft year in 1997, he signed as a free agent with the Philadelphia Flyers before making his debut in the uh, 98-99 season. I really like when guys like that come back to the OHL because they obviously they know the first-round talent. They know that they were a walk-on, but they know those guys that they have in the first round. I mean, Wyatt Johnson, Dallas Stars pick. They 
like he's a first round pick. They know that, but those depth guys, those undrafted guys, I mean, the Dylan Robinson's from Simcoe, Ontario, he, he passed for the draft twice and invitee at the LA Kings development camp right now, local guy, Rob Blake, uh, with the invite too, as well as the Norfolk connection there. Yep. But there's a, there's a guy like that that's going to learn so much from a guy that was undrafted to play 240 games plus in the national hockey league is quite the accomplishment when you're undrafted. And it, I mean, it just goes to show you that it can be done if you work your butt off. And I like that when coaches like that come back to the league, because you really buy in and they're passionate, right? Cause they, they didn't have the easy ride and you like coat and you really, you admire those coat when you have those coaches that didn't have the easy ride. Right. Reese, we both played with mm-hmm. people that like, they had the, they've got the play all the time. They had the easy ride, but once you sit on a bench and you got to earn your time, it's, it's a lot different. I mean, you get a lot different respect when you're at the top of your team and being a leader. So that's, I'm very excited to see what he does in Windsor because I know it's going to be a very good accomplishment there. Yeah. Yeah. So Windsor Spitfires, they uh, announced their coaching staff. They are ready to go for opening night uh, in the Ontario hockey league next month. And felt good to say next month hey 44 for it. 44 days or 43 days today you've got, you've got a bunch of papers on your wall don't you that you're just ripping off and the next day is a number smaller you know, 43 days until the thursday night opener 43 days can't wait barry ontario can't wait for that it's gonna be good yep 43 days we'll have to put out the numbers i'll have to put i'll just have to tweet a number a day with the gif, have to tweet like the number each day. Count tweet the number and then a Dylan Larkin. Um, <laughs> the Sally. Oh yeah, the Sally. Yeah. Every day. Gotta do that. Yeah, just excitement, just yeah. excitement gifts. You know what? I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, doing that thing. Wednesday tonight with the show being released. I'll do it. So tomorrow, Thursday's Thursday. I'll start. Thursday I'll start. Forty-one. Forty-one days. Love that. Luke Glendening, Luke Glendening's old number, but 41 days. And by the way, a big, uh, also a quick big shout out to uh, Greg Bryant, the father of Gavin Bryant, with a cool little message we received on Saturday about uh, having Gavin on the show and stuff. That's pretty cool uh, to get that from Greg. Uh, thanks a lot. Best of luck, Gavin, at your camp uh, next week at Owen Sound. And I mean, I know you're going to light up the base shore. I know you wear number 13 because of Pavel Datsuk. Yep. This one. It's going to be and the magic man. Yep. The magic man. Number 13. Yep. Coming to the Bay Shore near you. Owen <laughs> San Ontario. London solo lap. Effect. That's the next yeah, effect. That's the first effect uh, since last year. Since what? like last, uh, like OHL wise, that's the first effect. Yeah. Cause our, our last effect was the goaltending situation. The goaltending situation in uh, Russia. But wait, no, that wasn't the Russian. Uh, that wasn't was in 2019. No, that wasn't Boxing Day. Yeah. I'm talking about in general. The last one we had was Montreal beating Toronto. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. So OHL has been a while. Yeah, I can't even remember the last effect. Tomasino, I had Tomasino making Nashville. Matt Rowe's going to know. Yeah. Matty Rowe. Tweet us. Let us know. <laughs> Help us out on this. PC oh, Effect man. Insider. I can't believe we're drawing a blank on this. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. We'll think of something. Yeah. Quentin Byfield had one as well. Quentin Byfield had one as well, but I just forget what the yeah. terms are. Oh. 
If we think of it, we'll mention it. If not, but I know the solo. We'll try for next been, show. Yeah, I know the solo lab's been. Oh, he'll there, get one. How can you not get one? He's got to get the London one though. And it's being even longer because you got to skate all the way down the ice. Oh yeah, oh, well. he's got to get. Being a local guy, being from Ingersoll, he's got to get the London one. He's got to get it. That'd be the highlight of my like of my year, like not my year, but like of my month. Like the let's just scored fifty season. goals. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd <laughs> no, be cool. but I, I feel yeah, I, I get where you're going. Yeah, that'd if be a cool. show get if a show guy scores fifty goals next year, well, the graphic made up fifty. You know, like the Danny Heatley fifty and 07. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that. Fifty and twenty two. Fifty and twenty two. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> we'll have to do it. So if you score fifty and you're a show guest, you're getting a graphic. That'd That's for cool. sure. And then we'll have to get the one graphic signed and uh, out, like do a draw or something. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. do that for sure. Because now go, being able to go to arenas and stuff. Yeah, we can do that finally. Finally, meet some guys. All right, uh, business item number two: the Guelph Storm and Air Centennials have agreed to be connected together. Um, last time the Guelph Storm signed an agreement uh, with the Junior B Club was the Cambridge Winterhawks. Or sorry, Red Hawks, I should say. Missed the Winter Hawks. That was a really nice logo. Yeah, um, it was. But now it's the uh, Gulf Storm and Air Centennials. This will be the first season that the Air Centennials are in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. Of course, they were part of the PGHL and the Junior C ranks, but they're moving on up to Junior B as the Kitchener Dutchman um, moved to air. So they will join the Guelph Storm. And the Air Centennial has been a great junior C program. Um, for anyone that's not really aware Ooh. of the PGHL, like you can you can look at teams like Burford and Del High and be like, oh, well, they were able to walk all over those teams. But you know, the PGHL There's has some had some teams. really good clubs. The Paris Mounties have been a good team in that league. Tavistock. Um, yeah, Tavistock. Uh, Norwich has always had a pretty decent team. Like, yeah, we had some uh... – we had a EASHL champion podcast showdown champion play for the Norwich Merchants in uh, Josh Kitchen. So that's a true. That's a quick uh, yeah. shout out. He's got a ring, got a championship. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give you a quick quote here from, uh, from George Burnett, head coach of the Guelph Storm. Uh, he says, The Air Centennials have been a successful, decorated, first class organization for many years. My first experience with the air organization was in 2016-17. They did an outstanding job developing a young 16-year-old Eric Uba, who went on to play <laughs> very successful. Uh, I just played very successfully that. in the OHL. So, yeah. yeah, I was just about to mention that him and Mitch Klee that year had really good years. Mitch yep. Klee being from Kingston, Ontario, but they had really good years. And yeah, Eric Uba, as you mentioned, that the Flint pick, but uh, when he got traded. George Burnett knew that from him playing and they're just up the road from Guelph. So we saw him play in junior C and then a year later he's in Flint. And then the next year following season, he's in Guelph. And it's like, well, George Burnett knew that because he was there in air. So that's pretty cool. And you mentioned that I was going to mention that right before, but yeah, Eric Muba was a really good 16 year old uh, junior C. He's over a point a game. I want to say he was top five in scoring for sure too at 16. You don't really see a lot of 16 year olds top five in the junior league in any type of junior league in scoring. Yep. No, he was he was definitely in the good point there from George Burnett to bring that yeah, up and cool. um, let everyone know, be aware. Yeah, I'm just going to pull it up here. 
Um, he coming out of Kitchener Junior Rangers U16. Uh, Eric Kuba played for the Air Centennials 2016-2017. In 40 games, he had 62 points. 28 of those uh, were goals, as well as 34 penalty minutes. So there you go, Colin. That's yeah. a big fan of that. Two um, way guy. Yeah, and then play uh, against. Then in 16 playoff games, he had 12 points. Seven of those uh, were goals. Of course, the Wellington Dukes he was a part of. He moved to the OJ uh, in the 17-18 season, spent four games with the Flint Firebirds, but uh, was part of the Wellington Dukes and Oakville Blades for the majority uh, of the season before making the transition uh, into the Ontario Hockey League full-time and then going on to McGill. Well, heading to McGill, I should say, in 2021-2022 season. uh, So, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't working out in one place in Cambridge, and you have to figure out a way to get something going. And I know we've seen the Flint Firebirds kind of try and get something going uh, with Leamington. That partnership seems to be uh, standing up pretty strong. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Kitchener had Kitchener. It's, you know, this is something we talked about with Daryl Smart on our – on our uh, draft show a couple of years ago about, you know, we have to get them back on and talk about that. Yeah. Like once the junior, once the GOJHL season starts, we might have to get them back on. Cause there's a lot of good affiliations. Yeah. The West side too. I mean, sorry to cut you off. But London, London with the nationals, Kamoka as well. Root Chandler dad's and very big in uh Kamoka. I mean, Brody Crane signed there to play there last year. I mean, now you go to London Knights and so Isaiah George, two big Knights picks going to Kamoka. Uh, Kamoka, who is a program that really came up, Leamington as well, as you mentioned, with uh, with the Flint Firebirds. LaSalle, too, has always been a good team out there, too. LaSalle in London, usually near the top. Kamoka, too. Yeah, yeah Junior B, it's uh, it's a lot better than people it's fun. think. Yeah, those I used, to li- like, I used to love going to the Cambridge Winterhawk games. Like, they – like. Galtarina Gardens, they drew crowds. It was wild to see how many people yeah. show up to watch a Junior B game. It was amazing. I, uh, Yeah, I went, like, last year, like, pre-COVID, I went to a game once a month, like, not once a month, every other week in uh, London at the fairgrounds to watch the Nationals play, whoever they were playing, to see affiliation, like, guys play the, or affiliated in the OHL, just to see prospects. And it's it's really it's a really good league. I mean, yeah. Logan May, you had me thinking that, Junior B was one of the like was a nothing lead how good he was and I mean that's pretty cool to see those guys come from Junior B to come up to the OHL ranks yeah yeah so the Air Centennials first season in the GOJHL they will be the affiliate of the Guelph Storm business item number three in the final one of the first segment here uh, and probably one that we might discuss at length a little bit even though we're a little short on time in this segment but uh, the OHL announced additional health and safety protocols for this upcoming season. And essentially what that means is proof of vaccinations or, yeah. you know, yeah. COVID tests. Yeah. And that's the from, world we're living in right now. Yeah. We could say from the sources that we have that, and it's reliable that it's going to be up to the lo- like up to the team to think about like their local health. So for that, it's going to be, the email, so the Tiger Cats, Hamilton Tiger Cats, I'd imagine a lot of teams are going to follow suit because they're the first team to release it publicly, the city of Hamilton. So and, but I, definitely the Bulldogs will follow suit with this. And I would imagine a lot of teams, it's the easiest way when there's not no physical card, like 
passport, vaccine passport that we talked about earlier on and that you heard in the news around saying that, oh, you need a, there's going to be a vaccine passport to go to places. It's not going to be like that at the start because I don't think that's happening right now. But uh, so it's going to be that email that you got, that vaccine, that vaccine slip where it says your second, like you are now, you just received your second dose of whatever your vaccine type is. And you're now like completed your vaccination. I think it says, I forget. It's been a couple of weeks for me. It's been a few months now, but um, it's going to say that. So you're going to have to bring that. Like I'm going to print mine off and just put it in my wallet, probably just fold it up, put it in my wallet or just pop up the email, like take a picture of it or whatever. So you need any, that slip, I guess, and your photo ID, because I mean, there's going to be a few people, hopefully not, but there's going to be a few people. There are a few people who are good at Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, me with my uh, former report cards. Hopefully, mom's not listening. <laughs> oh, and yeah. by the way, I just want to shout out Miguel Cabrera just hit home run number 501. I know it's a hockey hey. show, but oh well. Yeah, hey, the 0 60 took on the dome on Saturday, too. Yeah, we did. Big win for the Jays. Last, yeah. or no, they won, they won uh, on Monday, but oh, well. whatever. We're in no man's land now. Yeah. Uh, just thought I'd mention that, but uh, yeah, that yeah, that, cool. hey, we met, we got to like interact with Miguel Cabrera pre yeah, as well. So that's a quick, uh, that's yeah. a quick story. But yeah, um, I think that for the most part, it's going to be the path. Like, it's not going to be like a legit passport. It's just going to be that last email that slip. you received after your second dose that you're fully vaccinated and your photo ID. That's what I would imagine it's going to be, and that's what I've heard from multiple people that are actually source yeah. people. So they're actual sources. Yeah, well, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have have done it. The all of MLSE, I'm pretty sure, has done it. Um, In all the OHL, we can't go to training yeah. camp without it. So, yep, we can't go yeah, to training camp without it. This policy covers all spectators and any other attendees at uh, OHL events, and that includes games uh, and practices. It says those wishing, of course, this only applies to the 17 clubs in Ontario. Of course, Flint Saginaw and Erie are part of the States. Uh, so clearly their rules will be different, but uh, those wishing to gain access to OHL facilities of the 17 Ontario based teams uh, will be required to provide proof of full vaccination against COVID-19 and follow any other safety protocols while in the facility. Uh, children under the age of 12 will be required to be accompanied by a super accompanied and supervised by a fully vaccinated adult and will be required to follow all safety protocols as well. That's a, and I mean, it's, it's, some, a, it's something it's well you had deserved. to, you had to know was coming. You had to do it. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's well, it's well done by the league. You had to do it. You had to do it. You had to do it. I mean, it's the right move. It yeah. is. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, I mean, you saw the other day at the Blue Jays game and you're seeing at Tim Hortons field right now for the Tiger Cats, these vaccine uh, trucks, these rollout, uh, these rollouts. I wonder if any yeah, we were, yeah. participate in it. Yeah, we were at Rogers Center. We saw a go bus <laughs> like yeah. giving out vaccines. I'm like, what the heck? Like, there was one. There was one parked outside uh, the on Marriott the hotel, and then there was yeah, one right on Blue Jay Way. Yeah, uh, on that Around main road that goes behind Home Plate, whatever it's called. Yeah, right from the, right across from the box office. Right, you know, right across from the Rogers uh, statue in the yeah. aquarium. Say so, that was awesome too, and uh. Your dad's buddy uh, goes on there and says Miguel Cabrera on a vaccine uh, camera. That was pretty good on the media. <laughs> your Miguel Cabrera. That was a good one. That was a good one. Quick uh, story from Saturday. A Blue Jay fan with three Tiger fans. 
As I scroll on Twitter, you tweeted out Burnett backtracking to Uba, who was spectacular in air at 16. Look at you, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, busy, busy Twitter week now with the Red Sox winning three in a row. I mean, if you haven't heard by now, Reese and I are doing the – well, Reese doing the play-by-play. I'm doing the color for the Brantford Red Sox. So, the other night being a Rogers game with Sudbury Wolves, uh, broadcaster Mike Carafields uh, doing the play-by-play, I decided to get on the Twitter action – Got some stats. Oh so boy. it's always fun. It's always fun to go on there and fun, like when you commit, see a cool stat or whatever, then you gotta share it. That's my yeah. go to. Hell yeah, hundred percent. Like I think I'm backtrack it too. Like, like you see the year down, it's like, oh, that's good. Cool. Like yeah. that happened or it didn't happen. You look dumb, Colin. You look dumb. <laughs> You're a blonde, Colin. Um, <laughs> that will wrap up segment one, though. Uh, nice chat about a few topics, um, but. The important chat comes next. We will be joined uh, by Josh Bloom. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you stick around here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward here. And second segment is always the best one. That's when we welcome a third voice in and, you know, let someone who is smarter than us talk. And uh, <laughs> that man this week is Josh Bloom of the Saginaw Spirit. Josh, thanks so much for doing this. How are you? Yeah, boys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm doing well. Good. Yeah, That's no good problem. to hear. Um, so these two years, it's been, uh, been a lot of no hockey no games no really great way to show off your talent kind of what's the two year last two years been like for you a lot of different players have different stories so for you what's it been like yeah it's been a crazy up and down time for me actually so uh it started out with the shutdown in march kind of locked up in my house for four months there and then finally kind of everything opened up in ontario got everything going and then the ohl wasn't happening and so uh, there's a bunch of guys that went out to Europe and stuff like that. So that was definitely an opportunity for me, but uh, decided that I was going to go to Saginaw and train <clears throat> with our unbelievable staff there. Uh, so I went down to Saginaw for another four months, uh, February, 2021 to about May, 2021. And then um, just trained some more and, and uh, lucky enough, heard my name called. So that was the, that was the past uh, kind of two years for me. Uh, just kind of all over the place, really. So not going to other leagues, Josh, like you said, like just working on your skill. How much does that help working on individual skill? I mean, did you notice a lot of growth in your game by doing so? Yeah, I noticed a crazy amount of growth. It's just the only problem was that nobody else could see it other than me. So going into yeah. the draft, it was it was kind of a crazy day. I had no idea how it was going to go. And uh, Buffalo took me and I couldn't be more happy. Yeah, for sure. So you go to Saginaw at 16. How was that experience going to Saginaw the first time in a different country? And how much has Saginaw's program meant for you? Yeah, Saginaw has been unbelievable. Second and none in the entire CHL, I think. Uh, the staff and, and the, the leadership group that I stepped into um, within that team as well is what made that transition so easy for me. Um, shout out to the Gome Billa family. Unbelievable. Second family as well. So they also made that transition transition so much easier for me but uh I feel like my style and the style of uh Saginaw is 
kind of matches up really well, like lots of pace, lots of speed. Yeah. Uh, you want to keep the puck on your stick. So I think our coach Laz does an unbelievable job in installing that into our players. And I think uh, I stepped into the perfect program for me. Was there yeah. any veteran? Was there any veterans on the team or someone that really helped you out through your draft year this past year? Uh, definitely. When I went back to Saginaw, all the, all the guys that were down there with me, Cameron Baber, DJ King, Danny Caddick, the older group, um, really helped me through it and, and trained me so much harder than I would have pushed myself. So uh, shout out to those guys as well. They've been, they've been uh, working their ass off and uh, uh, yeah, thankful for them as well. They um, pushed me every single day, like I said, and um, happy that they're teammates. Yeah. So, so we get to draft day, I guess. Might as well, might as well get right to it. Uh, third round. And um, you know, I just explain it, explain the day, explain the experience. I know it wasn't in an arena like every, every kid dreams of, but uh, just explain that experience for you uh, going through yeah. the 2021 draft. Yeah. That day was unbelievable to say the least. Uh, woke up in the morning, <clears throat> had little like, feelings here and there but like absolutely nothing confirmed by anybody and so like with a player like me who you haven't seen play since I was 16 like don't forget I've grown like an inch and a half and put on about 15 to 20 pounds in that time like I'm a completely different player than I was so I think it was very hard for scouts and um, teams to really judge me and where to take me um, so going into the draft uh, we had no idea how the day was going to go so uh, we brought over just close family and brothers, sisters, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, um, grandparents, everybody like that. So everybody comes over and we're all just hanging out kind of TV in the background because we don't know like when I'm going to be taken. So like, we're going to think the phone's going to ring maybe. And so phone does ring, but it's my agent. She calls me. Oh. It's probably middle of the third round. And I'm like, wow, this is like really early. Like, we talked before and it wasn't going to be till later. Like we were thinking later, later, later. And so um, my agent calls me and he says, Hey Josh, get the camera set up. I go, it's the middle of the third round. Like you serious? And he goes, just set up the cameras. It's going to be a good day. And so like, he wouldn't give me anything. That's good, so, though. That's good though. Yeah. He gave me absolutely nothing. And so I'm like, Oh Christ. All right. Um, so we all go into the living room. We set the cameras up and we're sitting there. And pick goes by, pick goes by. And I see some teams that we kind of had feelings on. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, I thought I was coming up you're right trolling here. me? Are you trolling me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, no. So I guess I'm waiting for another two hours. And we keep going up to the phones. And, like, we're deleting the videos because, like, nothing's going on. And then yeah. finally, um, it's the end of the third round. I think he called me to the start or the middle of the third round. So we were waiting there for, like, an hour, maybe hour and a half. It's the end of the third round. And then you like, you'd expect a call. And uh, I didn't, I didn't get a call. Cause I guess Buffalo had like three picks within uh, 15 minutes. So they were picking, picking a lot. And so I just saw my name pop up on the screen. Everyone looks and everyone starts screaming. I'm like, Holy crap. Like I just got taken in the third round of the NHL. Like, Oh my God. Right on. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if you watch the video, like I'm in shock, like, I didn't know that was going to happen. And then uh, everyone starts freaking out, hug the parents, obviously some tears. So it was, it was a pretty cool day. Yeah. Maybe a uh, post show, send it over. We'll uh, might have to play it on air. 
get the yeah, uh, sure. reaction, get the reaction. That's pretty cool. Did you have any uh, meetings or anything like any conversation with Buffalo or was it just a surprise? You hear that all the time too, right? Like guys, they're not talking to this team and all of a sudden they get picked and you're like complete shock, right? Which is pretty cool. But have you had any talks with Kevin Adams and the Sabres? Yeah, hundred um, percent. For me, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be Buffalo. They were, they were talking to me all the time. And so the, the way we kind of got teams to come watch me is yeah. all the ranks would be shut down, but I was skating somewhere and we, the scouts would come to the rink and watch and, but they weren't allowed to talk to me or anything. So um, I, I guess that was a rule that the NHL made like no in, in person meetings or anything like that. So um, my skills coach would come up to me and say, Hey, so-and-so's here today. Be ready. So uh, I think Buffalo came two or three times. And so, and then I had like, I think three or four calls with them as well. So I wasn't surprised to see Buffalo um, with my name on it, but uh, like, honestly, I, I had no idea. So that's right on though. That's right on. I think that's how you would want to get drafted, right? Like you want it. You'd want that surprise. Like you'd want to go to the team that a, they want you because they have a lot of interest in you and B you didn't really know, right? You kind of didn't, you kind of didn't. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was pretty cool. My agent comes over uh, like, three days later and kind of breaks everything down for me. Um, kind of how, how, how everything went. Cause he, he wanted to keep me in the dark. He didn't want me to like, he kept he, like the yeah. need to knows he told me. And then uh, he kind of wanted to keep me in the dark because apparently I was rising and rising, like going, I think probably in April when I, uh, when I was uh, in Saginaw, I was thinking best case, like fifth round, like nobody's seen me. Nobody has yeah. any idea what they're getting with my pick. Best case, fifth round. So, and then slowly, just momentum started picking up, and more teams started calling, yeah. and more teams started watching, and so I kind of got the feeling it would be better than fifth round, but I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And so he comes over, and a week before the draft, he writes down his prediction um, on a piece of paper and seals it in an envelope, which is pretty cool. And so we That's opened good. it three days after the draft, and. Um, third round Buffalo Sabres was his guess. So, wow. hey, so, it so it happened. Hey, that's that's a good agent. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So obviously you're a bigger player now. You put on a lot of weight, grew a lot, which is huge, right? Obviously from 16 to 18, you change a lot in the body. How much of a type of player style would you say you are now with the body change? Um, I think nothing's nothing's changed in my game. I think I've added to my game. Um, I feel like the skill's still there. My speed is definitely still yeah. there. That's my biggest asset probably, but I just have that, that extra oomph behind my game, whether it be aggressiveness, finishing checks or keeping pucks in the corners. I think that just brings that extra little bit to my game. And, uh, you'll see, you'll see a more aggressive and, uh, a way more physical player going into my third and fourth years rather than what you saw in my 16 year old year. Well, well, now being drafted, how, how much do you think that helps? I mean, obviously, you haven't went through the development process yet, like the development program there and going through that prospect tournament training camp and stuff. You haven't went through that yet, but how much do you think that helped your confidence being drafted, you, having that NHL team behind your back, going back to Saginaw with high expectations for the spirit? How much does that help you? Yeah, for sure. I think that's huge. Um, you look at guys within the OHL and you see NHL names beside their beside their name and and you get a little bit intimidated yeah. almost so um becoming that older guy within the league I think having that beside my name is definitely something very cool but also like 
brings that confidence about me that I'm just as good or better than any of these guys out here. So um, I think going in with that mentality every night is uh, good for me. And this is the first step in that. What would you say for a team? What are your expectations for the Saginaw spirit coming back to Saginaw this upcoming season? Honestly, I have no idea. I think like with the, with the ownership group and our management group and our coaching staff, there's, we're going to be a competitive team every year, no matter how you cut it. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. Like I used to be able to, like, if you said year two, like, how do you think you guys are going to stack up? I said, I think we would have been running for a championship again. Like, yeah. And I think we could be as well this year. It's just, I don't know how to be ranking the other teams. Cause I don't know half the league anymore. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta go to camp and, and meet all of our rookie group and, and meet them and see how they are. And, and then I got to watch the, watch the rest of the league. Cause I have, I have no idea some of these players and what they're about. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the other teams, the Flint Firebirds and the Saginaw Spirit, I got to touch on that rivalry. How fun is that to play in that game? Obviously, being a Canadian-based podcast, we watch it, obviously, following the OHL and covering it. But to be inside, the, on the ice in that rivalry, explain to the fans how intense it is that might not get to see that that much, the Flint-Saginaw rivalry. Yeah, I think the fans hate each other just as much as the players do, which makes yeah. it that much better of a rivalry. <laughs> Um, cause it's, it's a quick 45 minute drive, right? So the barn is completely split, whether it's in Saginaw or it's in Flint, the barn is that's split cool. and it's always packed. And, uh, we got a nice little trophy on the line every year. So that's definitely a very, very fun game to play in. Uh, you'll come out with some bruises for sure, but it's a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah. yeah and sure. well, well, and also too, you've, you've seen it with the Flint Firebirds, especially moving, uh, from Plymouth, they kind of got off to a slow start, you know? wouldn't say the most fans would show up to their rank. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people that I talk to are kind of like, Oh, there's American teams in the OHL. Well, yeah. Two of them were two of the best in the entire league uh, last time they played. So um, what, what is the selling point for everyone to get interested in the, in the Saginaw spirit? Like what, what makes this organization great and why should people come in and uh, watch games? Oh, you got to be there. We have the best fans in the OHL, 100%. Like, when I was when I was first drafted, they were playing the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the conference semifinal, and they beat them 10-1 in a packed barn. And I've never heard a building with 6,000 people get so goddamn loud. Like, these people were trying to climb onto the ice and, like, celebrate <laughs> with the team. Like, you go, you go around town and you're playing and you're winning games, like, you're not paying for meals. People are coming up and they're wanting signatures and they're wanting to pay for your meals. Like it's, it's unbelievable. The community that Dick Garber, Brenda Bordeaux, Craig Gosling, these guys have created within Saginaw and with, with our group as well. I think our team, <clears throat> excuse me, our team does an unbelievable job in, in getting involved in the community. And I think our ownership group takes a lot of pride in that because they want to bring a community close together. And, um, team's only been around since 2002 we're going into our 20th season so I think the movement within those 20 years has been unbelievable and it's just going to keep getting better and soon soon enough if not already Saginaw is going to be premier like a premier organization that every single player wants to go to um come draft day when you're being drafted in the OHL so um yeah couldn't say enough about the organization honestly and speaking of Saginaw and the organization the Dow, 
I mean, I love the arena. We haven't been there yet. Reese and I got to do a featured game there of Flint and Saginaw. We have to do that. We marked it last year. Yeah, for sure. It didn't happen, but we got to do it this year. Uh, the Dow Event <clears throat> Center, how fun is that to play in that arena? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's that exactly that. It's fun. It's fun. You want to be at the rink. You want to be playing in front of your fans. It's, it's really exciting. Um, and with the new room that our team's built, like it's second to none. Like, yeah. Could you yeah. Like our, again, our ownership group, like I couldn't say enough about them. Like they treat us like Kings. Our room is just as good as, or better than anybody else in the OHL. And so um, when you're, when you're stepping into facilities like that every night and playing in front of fans like that, like, you're yeah. enjoying life and you're yeah. loving playing hockey. And that's what it's all about at the junior level. So, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for sure. Um, I always ask this and we haven't had a Saginaw spirit on, so we really don't know. And this is one opinion, but who's the biggest prankster in the spirit roof? We always, um, I always ask that question. Just it's, that's a fun part of the locker room, right? When you're with the yeah, guys, yeah, it's always that sure. one guy. In my first year, uh, I would say Ethan Cardwell, for sure. He runs the uh, really? Showbound podcast. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. So, um, I think Cardsy for sure. He's a talker too, right? Like he's. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, we were making got, jokes. He might have to be a future. Year. Sorry, go ahead. He might have to be our uh, next uh, guest on here too. Cardsy's yeah, a good if he one. ever gives me a call, what the hell, Cards? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Cardsy's walking him around the team. room, and all the older guys are like, "Yeah, this is Cardsy's ninth year in the league." I'm like, "What?" They go, "He talks like he's a ninth ninth year guy." Just walking around <laughs> saying whatever he wants to anybody. Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, with Josh Bloom of the Saginaw Spirit here on the Own 60 podcast, we're, we're getting there. You know, the OHL season is coming. We're, we're so excited. I'm sure you're ecstatic to get going, uh, get back uh, with your teammates and start rolling on your way uh, to your National Hockey League career. But he- heading into this season, have you talked at all with management or, you know, kind of thought about it yourself about what you'd like to accomplish uh, come the fall through this season? Yeah, I've definitely, definitely thought about it myself. I think once we get to camp um, management and myself and our entire team will establish goals for the season. I think coming within the first few games of the season also decides where we go with our team as well, whether we want to push for a championship. I don't know. Like we'll, we're going to figure that out as a team and, as a management group, but uh, me personally, like I look at, at that world junior camp in December and I say, why not me? Like, so I'm going to go out and <clears throat> play my ass off for the first couple months of the season, hoping to get an invitation to that. So that's kind of my goal right now. Again, obviously going into Buffalo, um, trying to show well there as well. So those are my two goals coming in uh, to these first few months. Yeah. You answered my one question about a uh, hockey Canada camp. You mentioned, I just was about to ask you that about hockey Canada and expectations going into the world junior. So there's my answer. That's sweet. And it's well deserving as well. A uh, quick, uh, I have a couple questions left, but a quick one here. Uh, any players on the Buffalo Sabres that you were excited to meet or like wish you could meet like any time, like chat with? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the future holds with Jack Eichel, but of course you'd want yeah. to meet a top level player like that. He's unbelievable. And I uh, would love to hear some, uh, what he has to say. Um, Rasmus risked a line and I would have loved to talk to him and ask him what he was thinking with that Selly. That was a tough look, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of new guys. I'm just excited to to be there, uh, soak it all in and kind of feel that atmosphere. And also, have you had any uh, talks with former first round pick for the Sabres last season, Jack Quinn? 
Uh, no, me and Jack Quinn have never met. Uh, we'll meet at camp, and uh, here's a really good yeah. guy, so I'm excited to do that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, a guy from your own league. So I was just wondering if yeah. there's any uh, communication there ever. Uh, who would you say your biggest influence is in your hockey career so far? Oh, my parents for sure. Like, unbelievable. The stuff that they've sacrificed for me. Um, everyone talks about 6 a.m. mornings, but, like, it's truly a grind as a parent. And um, just sacrificing everything, making those late drives to Toronto on a Monday night to play against uh, other GTHL teams at 9.30 at night and not getting home till 12.31 on a Monday. So um, just stuff like that and just being my biggest supporters day in and day out. Like, you could see – how much it meant to me on draft day. But if, when, when, we, when you guys watch the video, you'll see my mom as well. And she just breaks down. And, uh, it oh, always brings yeah. a tear to my eye because I know it meant so much to her and it, it means so much to me as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it's all about sharing those great memories together as well. My last question here, Josh, uh, any advice for any younger hockey players coming up through the minor hockey ranks that look up to you, want to play in the OHL, want to get drafted in the NHL, any advice to those kids? Yeah, it's, it's a long journey wherever you're playing right now. Just work it, work at it, love it. That's the most important thing is loving what you're doing every day because you're going to be wanting doing it all the time. So uh, I think just loving what you're doing, um, not worrying about where you're at right now, and uh, just keep working hard and, and love what you're doing for sure. Yeah, right yeah. on. Yeah, great way to end it. Uh, Josh, we really appreciate you doing this. Uh, can't wait to see you in the, in the Buffalo Sabres, blue and yellow, and uh, especially back in Saginaw in the blue, red, and white. So uh, really appreciate you doing this, and thanks so much. Yep, appreciate it, guys. Thank you a lot. That was Joshua Bloom of the Saginaw Spirit and third-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres. Back-to-back weeks, newly division rivals, Detroit Red Wings, Buffalo Sabres. But Joshua Bloom... He, uh, he's got a lot of upside for the Buffalo Sabres and they're, they're in a weird spot here where, you know, he could make the jump. Now, not saying that it's, this is for sure. Cause you know, clearly with any player, it's never for sure. Just, you know, we see these guys on a regular basis and we think, you know, this guy's got a really good chance to make this lineup, but you know, depending on where they are. And he mentioned it about, you know, having the chance to possibly meet Jack Eichel as much as he may stay or, go or what exactly is going on with him you know he he has a really good opportunity here as the third round pick for a team that has no idea what their identity is they have no idea and really what direction they're going in and he could show up surprise everyone and say hey you're on the team yeah for sure i mean he's he's got that competitive instincts to him where he knows what he wants to do and a lot of players have this right they know what they want to do and they accomplish that. And he's one of those guys, the big thing that that stuck out to me was the world juniors. And he took it right out of, he took it right out of my mouth because I was about to ask him that question about the world juniors. He's in the hockey Canada system before and he had success and he put, and now he puts on that muscle and he puts on that height that helps him a lot because he played a big, fast game. He plays fast. He finishes checks. He's always in the corners winning buck battles, which is massive to win games. And now you get that size. He, with that speed and he always had that skill, you're going to score a lot of more goals and you're going to get a lot more points. So being a point of game, again, being over a point of game player around when they, around November, when they do the invites, yeah. beginning of November, when they do the hockey Canada invites for the world junior camp. Don't be surprised if he's in that list. I mean, Canada is a young, they're going to be a young team. I mean, Connor Bedard is going to be there as a young player. Shane Wright's going to be, be there hundred percent. Like, 
they're going to be a young team. And why not get that veteran presence? He's a drafted player. You need drafted guys. Jack Quinn will be back probably with Team Canada as a returning yep. player. You're going to have chemistry as you're going to meet. Obviously, haven't met yet. They haven't talked, which is kind of surprising to me because that OHL brotherhood type thing, right? But they haven't met yet, but they're going to meet at development camp. And I, and I would imagine the Buffalo Sabres would have that thought of putting them together at the start because one's a high-skilled, he's got speed, he's got toughness, he's got the grit, right, to get in the corners. Yeah. And, a guy, and a guy like Bloom, so why not put him with, a guy, with your first pick last year in Jack Quinn? And see how that can go from the same league, same chemistry. And you might see that at the World Juniors, too, this, uh, this upcoming winter. Well, I'm, I almost see it as a positive in that prospect tournament. Of course, the Buffalo Sabres yeah. acquiring him from the Florida Panthers. Uh, Devin Levi, he experienced Team yeah. Canada. Clearly, it's going to be a different situation. Uh, they were in a bubble last year. But, you know, they're going to meet each other at prospect camp. I'm sure the conversation is going to come up about the World Juniors. Come up. Just, uh, obviously, Levi's a goalie. Then you got Bloom, who's a skater. You know, it is different. But, you know, the fact that he could have someone there, and, of course, he'll talk to Jack Quinn. But, you know, having more than one guy there to kind of chat about the experience and, you know, help your help prepare yourself a little bit more uh, for when the time comes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, he brought it, you know, what's on his mind, you know, world juniors is on his mind. You know, he wants to go there. And in his background on the, in the interview, you saw the hockey can't, the team Canada Jersey. Yeah, It's there played for them before he wants to go to the U 20 tournament. He wants to be that guy. And I can see him going there. And when we finished the interview, in my opinion, he sounds a lot like Phil Tomasino. You go back to the Tomasino interview when we had Phil Tomasino on, it sounds so similar where they have that confidence, that aura about them where they, when they're on the ice or they're on your line, they're on your team or whatever, or you're playing against them, you know that they can control the game. And when yeah. you can control the game at any level, that's a, that's a skill, and that's one that he has too. So good pick for Buffalo, good underrated pick, and – Really good player and all the best to Josh and his family too. A really cool video as well. Yeah, that was awesome. The draft that we'll maybe we'll tweet out. We well, will. It's already been tweeted out. It's already been tweeted out. I guess I do that all the time, but Come we'll on. be out. Um, yeah, to finish on hockey, Canada former teammate Cole Perfetti. He's probably got a little bit of advice one. for Josh Bloom. But uh, it is time to hit the break. When we come back, the name bracket continues. Always look forward to it uh, every show. So it should be fun here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domanian along with Colin Ward. Shout out to Josh Bloom for joining us uh, on the program. Great chat with him. Um, yeah. Just like every chat is with every player that we have. Well, every guest that we have yeah, on the nice show. It's always round. a fun time. Yeah, nice third round pick. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Draft pick. So for those Buffalo fans, I'm sure there will be a few listening to see uh, their future. For sure. Future top prospect. And they need a future. So. Yes, they do. They need one bad. Josh Bloom will help 100%. For um, sure. All right, so we did players to watch for the West uh, last show. Time to do the Midwest division. We'll start with the Erie Otters. Um, 
go up with you, Colin, first. Who you got uh, as one guy to watch out for with the Erie Otters? So their eighth, their eighth overall pick, first rounder in 2020. Uh, Spencer Sova, left defense in 5'11", 163. He had a really good showcase for the in that Erie showcase. He was at um, 57 points in, in seven games in his 1920 Honeybake draft season. Very good player, high-skilled, good puck-moving defenseman. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. So I'm interested to see him at the next level. Yeah, my guy is centerman Connor Lockhart and in his rookie campaign. Minus 16, that's not what you want to see. But uh, in 57 games, he had 27 points, 9 goals, 18 assists, 83 shots on goal, and he won 137 face-offs. So as a rookie, that's a pretty decent number. And, of course, with him being drafted in the sixth round this year by the Vancouver Canucks, that confidence is just going to get higher and higher. And Connor Lockhart's going to be a leader for this Erie Otters team. He's it's a good chance he's up there, top five in scoring for them as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him and saying Erie could be great if this guy is great, and I think he will be. Yeah, 100%. Very uh... – very good player, locker, high skill. And a lot of time when you're 16, you don't really look at the points anyways. You look how they play, and he's a really good player, good two-way yeah. player. All right, team number two in the Midwest Division is the Guelph Storm. Yeah, my Guelph pick is a – well, it's not really a draft pick. Well, it's a 2019 draft pick, and Sasha passed a job. He just signed his player agreement a couple of weeks ago, recently drafted 2021 third round pick for the Anaheim Ducks, 66th overall high skilled player. Obviously a lot of points, 50 points on that team on the U S uh, silver medal team at the U 17s uh, world hockey challenge. So he's a high skilled player. He's representing the country of the United States. He's been at the big stage. He's performed everywhere he's been. He's the future of the Guelph storm. And I know he's gonna have a good year there. Yeah. My guy for the Guelph storm is their rookie goaltender, uh, Owen Bennett. Nice. And, of course, uh, behind Nico Dawes uh, in his rookie season, Georgetown, Ontario native. Um, had a pretty pretty good year in terms of rookie goaltenders. He got into 27 games, uh, which is pretty good to see. That's a pretty nice uh, amount of games for a rookie goaltender, especially with a guy – uh, in front of him, like Nico Dawes. So uh, shout out to Owen Bennett for uh, making his way into that many games. Um, 392 goals against average, 881 save percentage. Those numbers will just continue to climb, and Guelph's going to need them to climb because he's the guy this season. 915 and 2 record, and stats are just going to go up. They're going to be and really he's got good big shoes. And he certainly has big shoes to fill out for Nico Dawes. Yeah, for sure. All right, team number three in the Midwest Division. By the way, Guelph, Guelph Storm, also going to celebrate 30 years uh, this upcoming season. Came into the league in 1991, so this okay, will be their 30th that. season uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, next up is the Kitchener Rangers. Their cross-region yeah. rival. Yeah, cross-region. Yeah, that's accurate, yeah. Yeah, cross-region. Um Big one to me. I mean, big commit they got in Carson Renkop. I mean, 
He's uh, committed to the Muskegon Lumberjacks. He ends up coming to the Kitchener Rangers this season, just committed a couple of weeks ago, actually, for the Rangers. High skill set, high skill set. You're talking five-star uh, college recruit player. He's from he's from Utopia, Ontario. So I really never even heard name. of that place. Yeah, I know. That's a new geography question. I think I got to look that All right. up. Where All right. How do, you, how do you spell this? U-T-O-P-I-A. Oh, Utopia. Yeah, Utopia. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> just it's, it's felt the way it sounded. I thought that yeah, I thought so, there was, you know. Yeah, All so right. yeah. as you're touching as you're touching on that, um big 6'3, 185, plays the plays the wing, plays center, versatile. I mean, you're getting a high elite skill set, massive commitment for the Kitchener Rangers. Mike McKenzie continuing to do what he does. He's a very successful recruiter for the Rangers, a very good developer. Solid, solid, solid commit for the Rangers on an already stacked lineup going into this season. One of my favorites to win the OHL championship as of now. Yeah. Utopia is a little bit southwest of Barrie. Okay. I thought you were gonna say someplace close to me, and that would even that would have been like the biggest <laughs> blonde moment I've ever had. But I just backtracked. I'm like, have I been by this place before? Nah, you're good. So. Okay, beauty, I'm off the hook. Yeah, um, biggest guy for me, uh, pretty obvious one. Uh, show guest, drafted second round, Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, Mr. Pinelli. Yeah, Francesco Pinelli. I like that. I like that because he's really going to put – he's really going to put the league on notice now. I think he's going to come back with that swagger, yeah. you know, where I, I'm a first-round pick and I'm not a second-round pick. I'm going to show all you teams that passed on me. And he's going to fill – he's going to fill other teams' nets up with bucks, the, the quote uh, the great Philip Zadina. So, uh, he's one to look out for. I mean, he's already – he already was a really good player. Yeah. But – I think now that he's got that chip on his shoulder, it's even going to help him even more. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. Well, and, it, and going into his quote-unquote third year, even though it's only his second year in the Ontario Hockey League, um, you know, there, there's the chance that Mike McKenzie looks at it and goes, you know what, Here, here's an A. You, you deserve this in your rookie year. Um, oh. You know, you're, you're going to put on a show at LA's development camp, their rookie camp, like – like you, you deserve this. You, you've worked hard to get where you are right now. So you no, know I'm gonna tell you right now. Mark this down. Mark that effect down, Reese. Don't you pull? Mark don't, this don't down. Don't you point your water bottle at me? <laughs> but hey, mark this, mark this down. Francesco Pinelli will wear a letter this year for the Kitchener Rangers. 100% agree with you there. He's a leader. Even when we had him on the show, you can tell like he knows what he's capable of doing. It sounds like a lot like Phil Tomasino at post draft. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and speaking of Mike McKenzie, can he be one of my players to watch, even though he's a head coach? Ooh, full Mike season McKenzie. with the Kitchener Rangers. Look out. Look First out. full Kitch- season with the team. That, that Kitchener-London head-to-head pre-COVID was one of the best OHL rivalries slash head-to-head games I've ever been excited for as a fan. It's so, like, you can get a, like, any, it doesn't matter what team you cheer for. You had to be tuning into that game, London Kitchener, because yep. both teams barely lost a game after the trade deadline. I think London only lost like one game after the trade deadline, and Kitchener went on like a ridiculous streak. So it's like, 
every time those teams play head to head, you're watching that. And it was so exciting. It's going to be like that this year as well. Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun Midwest division. It always is. It's always very good. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's good. All right, to there, to Kitchener's, or every Western Conference team's rival. Every team. Yeah, you can say every team in the OHL. Could. Yeah, you can. Um, you can even you can even say uh, the Rwanda Aranda Huskies <laughs> rival from the Memorial Cup. You can say Niagara the Schwinnigan Cataract. The Niagara Ice Dogs OHL Finals rival. Yeah, they're yeah, they're like the Boston Bruins to the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Oh well. Um it's the London Knights. It's been a while. Like him. I mean, we had show guest Brody Crane on, but to me it's Liam Gilmartin. Liam Gilmartin's a guy to me just drafted in the sixth round. 167th overall by the San Jose Sharks. He's not a six-round pick. He's a very good player. I mean, he's very good at one-on-one. He's a left winger. He's big. He's 6'2", 192. He's rangy. He's in your face. He's going to hit you, and you're going to feel it. And then when you get up and you get the puck, he's going to hit you again. He's going to finish his checks even harder. And I I honestly love that about a player. I like when you got that one-on-one skill as well as a player where where you're going in on the defenseman. You can make a move and get around him, go in and get a scoring chance. And when you're big, strong, and hard, hard on the puck, you want the hard on the forecheck. You want the puck back constantly on the puck, around the puck. And that's what Liam Gilmartin does. He's puck hungry. And I'm very excited to see what he'll do in London. I know, I mean, once he gets in that Dale Hunter system as well, where guys like who play that role yeah. exceed expectations. I mean, it's crazy. It, that could be a steal in the sixth round for the San Jose Sharks if Liam Gilmartin continues to develop the way he is because he's so skilled for a big, strong, hard-nosed guy where he can score 30 goals this year, no problem, be a 90-point guy playing yeah. with Luca Evangelista, Antonio Strangis, Brody Crane as well. He could play it with those guys and put up a lot of points. I'm very excited to see what he does. Yeah, I'm with you there. And the player I'm going with, was drafted three spots after Gil Martin. Uh, defenseman, he's 6'4", he's 209, massive. Free agent signing by the Knights in 2019. Uh, sixth round pick of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Bryce Montgomery. Love it. And he yeah. is going to be hard to move. And if you get hit by him, you're going you to be down it. for an extended period of time because this man is going to hit you. He's going to hit you hard. He's going to play the game hard. And when you get to, when you get him into a situation, uh, like you mentioned with Gil Martin, uh, Dale Hunter, and anyone's going to exceed when they get into something like this with the London Knights, with the Hunters, you know, with the systems that they've put in place. Bryce Montgomery is going to be an elite defenseman in the Ontario Hockey League. And again, you could look at it as a steal in the sixth round for the Carolina Hurricanes because if Bryce Montgomery had played a full had played a season uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, or I should say full season, uh, he played in 33 games in the 1920 season. But uh, you see Bryce Montgomery in his second season there where it doesn't get canceled. Are we, are we looking at a situation with a, you know, a third rounder in Bryce Montgomery, a second rounder with him. Like we, we have no idea, but you know, when you can get a defenseman that's six, four, two Oh nine, that's going to block shots and it's just going to be elite. He's um, a star. He's Bryce a star. Montgomery, he's going to, he's going to be right there. 
Yeah, and I think Bryce Montgomery really developed a lot playing up on the wing when he did play when he got in there. Obviously, London yeah. being so deep on defense, and they always are deep on defense. When he couldn't get in there after they made the Ryan Merkley trade, they had to ship off Avery Winslow to get more playing time to North Bay because Winslow, Montgomery, they were all in that same spot where it's tough to only play a once every seven games, right? When you go make yeah. the Merkley deal and Ryan Merkley being the elite defense when you had to play him, right? So you lose that extra rookie spot. And what they did, they, and this is a genius move, and I really think a lot of people should do this more. Obviously, don't put your first line center and put them on to be your number one center. But Bryce Montgomery played on the fourth line as a winger to just get in. And I really, and I really liked that decision. I honestly, I think that was a very, I think that was a really smart Dale Hunter move because it allowed him to get a different perspective on the game, right? You see the guy, you're the guy now with the puck going in on the defenseman and you get to watch those defensemen, how they play you, right? And now, now when guys on the transition game and you're coming back, you're in the back check now. You see where, how guys steer off, why they want to pull up, make that cross ice pass. They want to take it to the net. You get to see different things, and I really like that decision. That Bryce Montgomery really grew a lot from that move, and you saw that at the Erie Showcase as well, where Bryce Montgomery really created a lot more space for himself on the ice. He could do those little extra things to hold the puck just that tad, yeah. that tad bit longer. You saw that with Evan Bouchard, right? Remember Evan Bouchard would hold the puck and look like, oh, he's in trouble, right? There's three guys around him, he's in trouble, and all of a sudden he's going up the ice with the puck, and it's like, and guys are trailing him. It's like, how do you do that? I'm not saying Bryce Montgomery is Evan Bouchard because he's an elite defenseman, but Montgomery has the ability to keep the puck like that and be good on the puck where that's an elite skill set for the OHL. You can really dominate, dominate in the league playing like that. So that's a really good pick Reese with uh, Montgomery. Well, see it the way it is. Um, yes, sir. London develops and drafts and well, not even drafts. They signed them. Right. So yeah. they'll be ready to go for sure. Um, good work a, a billy sullivan guy quick shout out to a show oh yeah billy sullivan guy he'll like that he'll like that Reese. he'll like the he'll Love like that. the montgomery i think gil martin's one of his guys too but uh he'll like the, we're just pumping him up in this thing. one then aren't we yeah pumping his tires yeah. like the inflator there like for the balls <laughs> <laughs> all right uh on the team number five in the division it is the owen sound attack who another oh, team's yeah. impressive. Another another one that's impressive. Owen Sound, them and London being the only two teams having thirty plus wins in the last ten years plus. So that's pretty that's pretty spectacular to me. Owen Sound being one of the smallest markets in the Ontario Hockey League. It's very cool to see them continue to have that success, and I believe they will do that with their twenty twenty first round pick Cedric Judon, who's been very good. I got to see him play a lot with yeah, show guest Gavin Bryan, obviously following Gavin a lot. In Erie, also at his uh in his camps there where he's been participating, but he's looked really good on the puck. So him, him and Gavin have been really good. And look for them to be on that third line right away, possibly second line in Owen Sound. Gudon's always around the net. He's going to score the goals where Gavin's going to set him up. So look for those two guys to be good, and also Madden Steen as well, their third round pick. That top three core in their draft, Owen Sound, they're very close at. Uh, Udon, Bryant, and Steen. Those three guys are really good buddies. So look out for that. They're gonna have a lot of uh they're gonna know each other well on the ice. They've already yeah. been together, they've played together for a year now. They're they got very good chemistry, and it's nice to see Steen who committed a little bit later to Owen Sound. It's nice to see him finally get that commit in. And uh he'll be going to the Bay Shore as well. 
So look out for them. Yeah, for me, it, it's moving up a year in the draft, and it's their first-round pick from this year. It's Colby Barlow uh, yeah. from, the, from the Toronto Marlboros. And you mentioned about uh, those three guys being so close together. I, I don't think it's going to be very long until we see Colby Barlow just be a part of that new rookie class that is just going to be one of the best in the Ontario Hockey League. You know, he, he put up 47 points, 34 games uh, in his last season as an alternate captain with the Toronto Marlboros and – um hey he's a he's he's a big guy he's a big yeah. confident guy he's my type of player reese you look at the pims 48 pims as well you look at the when you get yep. points and you get pims i love that and if, as long as they're not costly pims yeah six but 185 at 16 years old and you know we've <laughs> we've talked about how we like yeah. big guys right it's we're, you know, we're ready right to go yeah. that's that's the style of hockey we like to see we like to see big bodies oh, get in front of pucks and you know, make screens, get some tips and um, get the dirty areas. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think this core for the Owen sound attack that they're trying to build right now, um, it's going to be a new system. Clearly it's going to be Greg Walters uh, moving forward for the Owen sound attack, new head coach um, after he departed from Oshawa. Right. So um, yep. it's going to be a brand new look for the Owen sound attack and I'm excited for it uh, on the ice behind the bench. It's going to be a fun season uh, up at the Bayshore. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think they'll keep that 30-win pace as well. Two two veteran goalies coming back. I think yep. they'll keep that 30-win uh, plateau as well. Yeah. Good call by you. Another effect. What's up with the Owen Sound attack effects today? I know. Yeah, right? Brian, That's what I'm saying. Solo lap, and then the 30 wins. 30 wins is... It's a tough feat, to be honest. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Yeah. 30 wins is a lot. It's tough. I agree. When you only, yeah, you have 68 games, right? If you win 30 games, you're 30 and 38. Yeah. But you still won 30 games. It's, yeah, it's, it's still a good season. Here, I'll, I'll pop up the standings from 1920. From you know I'll go the year before. I'll go the year before it. Sorry, when you said 1920, the first thing that went to my mind was year the year 1920, not the years 1920. Sorry, my blonde roots are showing. <laughs> so the 30, so the Sarnia Sting in 1819 in the Western Conference, the Sarnia Sting had 28 wins. They were in seventh place. The Owen Sound Attack had 31. So they'd be in that sixth, seventh range yeah. with 30 wins. So you're a playoff team in the East. It would be in the same spot as well with that. Yeah. You're so not interested. You can't even say they're a team that struggled to get into the playoffs. Like, you know, yeah, when, seven, when you're around the five, six, six seven area, that's oh, you, you put in work. Like it's, you, you still have a decent opportunity to win the first round series, even though a lot of the times it's really just a steamrolling of the first four teams taking care of the bottom four. But, um, you know, when you're a team that wins 30 games, you still won 30 games. Like it's yeah, not like yeah, you won cool. 22 to 25 and you squeaked into eight. And also so. the Greg Walters system going up to Owen Sound as well is going to be interesting. Yep, I agree. All right, best part of the show, name bracket time. Here we go, Colin. You've got the results. So I have the winners. I have Navern Mutter with a win. I have Zade Wisdom with a win today that. so wisdom just so wisdom goes through and also have matt guzda winning over uh billy out of Iden 
from the, from the Kitchener Rangers. So there's your upset. I had gears that you had out of Vinen, right? That oh, out of Vinen. That's on. such a cool name. That was the only one we disagreed on, right? I think um, I, I I had goose that because I had the Knoxville. Uh, well, we had Marco Sikic and uh, Yakovlevich from Sarnia. Yeah, yeah, we did. I had Yakovlevich. Yeah, yeah, same here. And there's a winner. Yeah, I think that's the four winners: Mutter, Wisdom, Guzda, and Yakovlevich. And so this week's. This week's quickly. I uh, this week's is a fun one. This week's is good. <laughs> so we have London Denver Barkley versus Brendan Sirazadi. That's a tough one. I gotta go with I gotta go with Denver. Denver's gonna catch. Obviously, because I'm a Bronco fan, but yeah, well Broncos. Denver Barkley's a Denver Denver Barkley's a great name. Name a quarterback. Will you please stop stressing me out on um, Twitter? Can't help you with that one, man. I don't really follow the uh, uh, the uh, Denver Broncos. You know, I, I I got a lot of work to do, and you know, Denver. Ugh. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Barkley Sirizadi, Reese, you got. No, nah, I that's like. A tough I, one. I like Denver. Same. I, I think that's a cool name, Denver Barkley. I don't think it's a contending name, but I think it's a first round name. Sirazadi's top though too. Yeah, this, you're right. The second, the second one this week, and this in well, next two weeks, this will conclude the first round of the name bracket. Yeah. It so, will. The, the on the weekend we will have Joe Ranger versus Ty McSorley, Mississauga versus Oshawa. I mean Joe Ranger. That's Joe Ranger name. all the way. Yeah, Joe Ranger, and then for the final matchup. Of the first round, we have Niagara's as Niagara has two because of the returning champion coming back. Yep. But Niagara has Anthony Augustinelli first North Bay's Joe Brabetic. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one to me. I go I go Augustinelli. I think we got two ice dogs in the second round. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Who's so you're on it? You're I on Augustinelli? I, I'm on Agostinelli, yeah. All right, so no I'm on disagree- his train. No, no disagreements in, yeah, in the three man. matchups. How about that? That's a, that is that a first? That's a first. That's definitely a first for the name bracket this year. That's cool. Yeah, Quick, uh, I'd say so. As I t- as I touch on that quickly off topic. Oh well, fun one. This, fun one this week. Yeah, it was. Blue. Fun talk. Fun talk. Very uh, high energy. Very cool video too with his buff. With his mom and dad there at his draft party. Yeah, that's like, cool. Uh, pick video on that. I feel like I'll, uh, I'll tweet that. I'll tweet that on the show account. Yeah, we will. I will. For sure. For, uh, for you guys wondering, check our Twitter. It's up there. Maybe You know what? Maybe we'll have to post that as, hey, this week's show's out. Let's celebrate, you know? Or maybe, hey. Yeah, might as well do instead maybe, of a graphic. I like that idea. Or do maybe both. This, for, this week's show guest as now everyone's going to know. I was going to say, yeah, this obviously. is a good conversation, but, but oh well. Maybe we could go, maybe we could go this week's show guest and just release the video. Can you guess? Keep the fans on their toes. Ooh. And I like that. I like that. Then have a trend. Or a trend. <laughs> have that, then have like the graphic underneath. <laughs> or just tag them underneath. 
That's not an injury. Not a bad idea. Again, no, this will already be out. But oh, yeah. But yeah, that's some fun. That's yeah. some fun. At least now the listeners are going to know what we were thinking. Yeah, I know, was right? It, yeah. Was it a good idea? And let us know. Let us know. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us, whatever you want to do. Let us know. Doc OHL, it's almost here. 43 days. 43 days today. Yeah, Colin, Colin's got that strip away calendar going, like in the Phineas and Furbin. Hey, you know what I am? No, no. It's like the Christmas. It's like the Christmas uh, Advent uh, calendars. You know the Christmas? <laughs> I love those Big, things. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey. I, you know when like the Hershey, uh, when like the Hershey ones came out, and you actually got like the full size chocolate bars. Those are like, let's go. That's like Halloween, Halloween, right? When or you like, house, you got like the full size. Yeah, you get like a candy apple at a house or cotton candy. Like it was. Yeah, then you go to like. Those a, are the days now. People just buy chips. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Not that I go trick or treating like, anymore. <laughs> oh, and sixty guys go trick or treating. We took on the oh dome on Saturday. We, we take a video we camera and just do it as a joke. Yeah, like, you guys are too <laughs> old to be trick or treating. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> oh, that'd be who funny. Who are you? It's Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. Oh God. <laughs> go no, or we can go as a, or we can go as a, OHL. We go as a OHL. Go as Dave Branch. Almost goes Dave Branch. That'd be pretty good. Goes the Kamesh. Goes the Kamesh. That'd be pretty good. Goes the Kamesh. I should pull that off. You know what? Maybe pull off the Dave I, Branch. If, if I remember, if I remember the last show before Halloween, I'll pull off the Dave Branch. I'll, I'll Ooh, uh, love that. I'll, I won't shave. You get like that, uh, yeah, weird part going here. That's sweetie rocks that should go like that. Oh, I'll pull it off. I'll have like the blue dress shirt <laughs> the with the tie. and hopefully, hopefully for that show, we get it live on YouTube. <laughs> like the That'd be pretty sweet. See it. So the listeners can see it. That'd be yeah, all right. I'll have to get a haircut by then. I got to cut the hair to go into the OHL arena. The flow is all over the place. Yeah, man. Got to look professional. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Playing baseball, I like playing with the hair between pitches. That's Sounds why good. I kept it. And it's no cut summer. I don't get a cut haircut <clears> in baseball season. But it'll be cut. It'll be cut before we go to the training camp. That's for sure. Yeah. Fun one this week. Yeah, it was a fun, fun one. one. Again, thanks. Uh, Thanks to Josh Bloom for joining us. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, of course, at the Owen 60 podcast, where you can find the name bracket on Instagram. It'll be up on our story. And uh, that wraps it up for episode 62. We will chat in two weeks. Uh-huh.